You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Well, welcome back again. MLB.com Extras. It's an off-season edition with the Cincinnati Reds. I'm Dave Raymond with Mark Sheldon. And, Mark, um, we can start with the trivial stuff or we can get down to business. Uh, I say we start trivial. Um, okay. Trivial, maybe to those fans. Um, maybe, maybe not to Joey Votto, but but make his case for the MVP. Do you do you think there's a, a shot here? No, honestly, I, I'd be shocked if Bryce Harper uh, didn't win the MVP. But I will say this: Joey Votto had a really, really sensational season, especially in the second half. Uh, his numbers were really under the radar because the Reds were nose diving towards 98 losses. But some of the things he did. We're pretty historical. Things that only guys like Barry Bonds and Ted Williams have done. And he, when it came all came down, he, he was right up there with with a lot of the, the league leaders in, in a lot of different offensive categories. But I still think with Harper, with his home run total and and his average and his, his, his you know WAR and his OPS, all above Votto, I think that gives him the edge. Okay. All right. I did. I didn't know if you might uh, take some sort of partisan hard line on this thing or or not. But I mean, no. it is. I think all, all, all signs definitely point that direction, but I'm also with you. Uh, well, you, you, can, you can make a case. Uh, it obviously was, was a very special season, especially second half for Joey Votto. But let's, let's, move, let's move to the, um, you know, the business now because there, there's a lot going on, and this could be an interesting offseason for, for many teams, but it seems to me the Reds are going to be right in the middle of everything, especially now that it seems – uh, you know, that Tom Frazier and Roldis Chapman are dangling a little bit. Uh, it, it, they are definitely, by the way I'm reading everything, they're available, right? And that means I think just about everybody's going to be knocking on the Reds' door. Yeah. They, Dick Williams, the new GM and, and the president of uh, baseball operations, the familiar uh, Walt Jockety, basically have said in the last couple of weeks, especially during the GM meetings, that there was no untouchables, that everyone was uh, available. They were listening on it. And uh, Aroldis Chapman certainly is the the guy going into the offseason, even before they said that, that seemed to be identifiable as a, as a very big trade ship that could be moved just because he's going to be a year away from free agency, much like Johnny Cueto and Mike Leak were last year. So that makes him a, a guy that could be movable. And, of course, there's a big uh, desire for closers. There's a lot of teams out there that are short of closer that want to add an elite guy and Really, you don't get much more elite than Chapman. So, and then Todd Frazier's in a similar quandary in the sense that he's two years away from free agency. If they're in a rebuild, would he still be here beyond those two years? It's, it's, it's with, the, with the finances, it's probably unlikely. That makes him ripe for uh, for trade uh, potential. And he had a great year last year. He did fall off in the second half, but overall, he everything he did was was positive, both offensively and defensively. Of course, he won the home run derby and, and really put himself on the map nationally. So uh, both those guys, and then maybe Jay Bruce still, and, and, and a few other guys could still be out there. So you know the Frazier situation. Obviously, and I, I think you hit on it with Chapman. There, are, they won't have any trouble finding a suitor. I mean, there, there are plenty in that market. You know, in Frazier's case, you know, last year was the year where it was so difficult for anybody to find a bat. Everybody was looking for some offense, and there just weren't many options out there. This year. In particular, if you want to look at third base, it's thin. There is, there's not much out there. David Freeze, perhaps, being at the top of the list uh, out of Anaheim, but, but there just aren't many options out there. And I think 
know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But it just seems to me that Frazier could be a pretty hot ticket as well. He could be, and he signed uh, for next year for 2016 and only seven and a half million, which is a bargain. He's eligible for arbitration uh, the year after. Uh, then he could be a free agent going uh, after 2017. Um, so that does make him an attractive guy. He's, he's got a couple things going against him in terms of you know the de- desire maybe to have a long-term deal with someone is that he, he is 30 years old. He'll be 32 when he's a free agent for the first time. So that's a little late. He's a bit of a late bloomer in that sense. But he's, a, he's the kind of guy that, that teams would want, not just for what he does on the field, but for off the field. He's a, he's a model citizen. He's a good clubhouse guy. He's a leader. He does the media thing very, very well. He's been in the spotlight since he was 12 at the Little League World Series. So he's got a, it brings a lot to the table for any team. Um, and then the Reds don't necessarily feel compelled to have to trade him probably. I mean, it would behoove them maybe to do it. But if they don't get the deal they want for any of these guys, uh, they could wait and see what they can do during the season. But, of course, the price might go down. You, you have to be careful. Right. Right, and, and and so what about this? You've referenced it, but it's been a while since we've done one of these podcasts. Uh, what what has changed, if anything, with the Reds' baseball philosophy with Dick Williams now taking over as a general manager? Well, Jackie clearly is going to to keep a hand at it and be involved um, in his role as president and director of baseball operations. But do, do you see much uh, of a shifting dynamic here at all? Is, is Dick Williams going to you know, going to assert a, a strong vision of his own on this, or is it still basically what we have been uh, sort of understanding since the trade deadline? I think in year one coming up, the one we're in right now, is I think not a whole lot's going to change. Walt will be very present as baseball uh, operations president. Uh, but after that, I think you will see a more dynamic change. Walt's going to be moving into more of an advisory role. And, and it'll be up to, to Dick Williams. Uh, basically, he'll be not necessarily on his own, but he'll be definitely the, the, the front office guy. He'll be the guy. And I think this winter it's more about them working in tandem, being in lockstep with each other. But I don't think, you know, Walt's still the guy that's in charge of the baseball operations side, and I think they'll work together. I don't think a ton's going to change. The one thing that Dick does bring to the table, he does have a more of a, of a nose for the – for the analytics side, he's very he's very big into that, uh, the sabermetrics, and I also think he he might be more willing to to make moves uh, and maybe more of a, a you know this idea of rebuilding. I think that's definitely something he's in favor of, and I, I, I that's why I'm, I've seen them maybe be more aggressive uh, this winter than they were maybe over the summer. When we talk about a rebuild, and it seems like people always have different definitions of that. We saw what the Houston Astros did. In recent years, I mean, they blew it up and then started with nothing. They were willing to accept the lumps that came with that. And, I, you know, their payoff may have been a little accelerated even beyond their, their wildest dreams. But is that what we're talking about here? Are we talking about just decimating what is currently in place with the idea of getting a whole lot younger and more talented everywhere? I think it could be somewhat of a hybrid version of that. And the reason why I say that is because barring a shock, there's a couple of uh, contracts that they're just not going to be able to move, at least right now. Uh, Joey Votto's, of course, comes to mind. He's going to be due $20 million this coming season. He signed through 2023 with an auction of 2024. So he's not going anywhere, likely. He's got a full no-trade clause. Brandon Phillips has no trade protection. He's only got two more years, but he's got $27 million coming. Homer Bailey is coming off of Tommy John's uh, surgery, and he's in the middle of a six-year, $105 million deal. So there's 
some contracts that prevent them from going all the way down to the studs and putting a kid in every position. That's not entirely feasible, but they do have some talent. Another guy, Devin Mazzarocco, coming off an injury, also has a long-term contract. So they have contracts, they have, they have, but they also have some talented hitters that if they all come back, they can be pretty good. The, the real rebuild side of this, where they are going to go pretty young, is in the rotation and bullpen. As you know, they had all rookies in the rotation without Bailey, and once they traded the other two guys, and then after Chapman and Hoover, it was kind of a, of a hodgepodge and a bit of a mess in the innings leading up to it. So I think they're really going to focus on developing the, the pitching side with some of the people they've acquired through these deals and, and what they already had in their system. And I think that's where you're going to see the, the kind of the full rebuild. And on the hitting side, I still think guys like Votto and Mazzarocco, maybe Zach Cozart, possibly Frazier if he sticks around. Uh, and if Billy Hamilton can turn it around, they have a few guys that are established that, that can you know, carry them through this uh, kind of a transition period. Okay. We're running out of time, but, but Bronson Arroyo then, is, is, does that fit into that, that picture? Well, he does in a way because they, they still need a veteran presence of a guy around. I mean, Homer's one guy that could do that, but Arroyo is kind of a special case in the sense that he really was a, a dynamic part of the clubhouse with just the way he went about his business. People followed him, uh, what he did, and he set a great example. I mean, when he was with the Reds, he never missed a start. He was always prepared to pitch. He also doesn't have the power arm, so he always had to be creative in how he pitched and, and do some things that I think would rub off on the younger players, and I think that's something they could use. His contract, if he was to come to the Reds, if they could work something out, is it would be incentive-laden, so I don't think it would be a huge risk for them to um, to try to get him in here and, and see what he can do. But, of course, all of that's predicated on his health. Uh, he talked to me just yesterday, and it was uh, positive and optimistic, but he only has been pain-free for maybe five days. He said he finally felt the pop he's been waiting for, and that was the scar tissue breaking breaking loose, and now he feels really good, and he's ready to start his offseason throwing program as normal in a couple of weeks, in about a month actually, or a couple of weeks, and he'll see what happens, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes up for him the next couple of months, but uh, certainly there's mutual interest in him coming to Cincinnati and the Reds signing him. They're definitely interested based on his health. He's very comfortable here. He told me that if you know when you're coming off an injury like this, you don't want to go to a club and learn everyone all new again, new manager, new ballpark, new everything here. He knows the city. He knows a lot of the people in the organization. He knows the media. He knows a lot of stuff. So I think it, it would be a good fit for him if he can come in and influence some of the younger pitchers the right, the right way. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. It's going to be a, a, a fast-moving and fascinating offseason for the, for the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, that'll give you plenty to do, no doubt. Mark, you've, you've managed to cram 15 minutes' worth of uh, information into a 10-minute podcast once again. As always, thanks. Blended. We'll do it again soon. All right, Dave. Happy holidays. Thank you. Right on. Mark Sheldon, MLB.com Extras, the Cincinnati Reds edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.